You are now tuned in to another thrilling episode of Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am one of your thrilling hosts, Salon Denziker. And I am the other thrilling, thrilling host, Jimmy Hoffman. And now it's time to get thrilled and chilled and... Build? But mostly embarrassed with us. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn, coming to you every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you did not know, this is our chance to give you, the listener, to submit your tapes to us, and we will get you on Lost and Rewound to play your tapes and talk about them. Lostandrewound at gmail.com for any and all submissions. You can become empowered and be on airwaves. People can hear you. Sound waves. You They're- call them sound waves. I mean, it's it's vibrations in the air. <laughs> so technically, it is on the airwaves. We are freeform radio that only remains in such a successful capacity because of the kind and generous donations of listeners like you. And from Snapple. Drink up. <laughs> <laughs> Ra- radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> wow. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge is our page. If you want to contribute any dollars of any amount, real American pesos, $1, $2, $5, $10, for any amount that you choose to donate to us, you will get a perk. You will get a gift. Anything that you wish to contribute, you will get something in return. Swag bag. Swag bag. Swag bag. That's, uh, that's how they do it. And in terms of us specifically, you've got RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash LAR. That's where to go when it comes to sponsoring our show directly. You will see when you get to that page, there's like a little thing that says sponsor our show. And then you see also on that page our little itty-bitty chipmunk faces. Like Alvin and Theodore, we are here to entertain you. <laughs> We're getting into show business, and we're wearing, you know, matching sweaters. They don't know that, though. It's the radio. <laughs> but we do. We do. It's true. Every show, matching sweaters. Inadvertently, in sync, constantly. In the uh, middle of summer. <laughs> we're getting into the colder months. We have a number of people who still are willing to trek out to the basement in Bushwick and come and chill with us. We've had plenty of interviews here in the studio over the last uh, few months, and uh, by plenty, I mean a handful. And those <laughs> handful count. Hey, those they, they really have been very uh, tremendous and wonderful. Yeah, we've had no horrible mishaps in the studio, which is wonderful, too. That's true. I feel like I'm just waiting for that first Mexican standoff in the studio. I will leave it to you to facilitate that. (laughs) Um, I'll make it happen. I can make it happen. This week we have an interview, but it's not in the studio. It's over Skype, and it will be coming later in the episode. In the meantime, we have some unfinished business with the Dansker Zone that we have to cover. It must be done. It shall be done. It must and it shall. So let's begin.
Jimmy, tell me a little bit about your relationship with your class as a whole. You had your friends, right? But you didn't, like, get along with the entire class, right? Yeah, I Middle mean, school? Like, before was, you got to high school? There was always, um, like, an arch nemesis, if you will. Uh-huh. I feel like it, at most times, until I was in high school... It was this thing where I felt like there was times I was a class clown mm-hmm. and I was trying to like make fun jokes. Yep. But there would be a kid that didn't think I was funny and either wanted to be funny himself or just didn't want any hijinks in the class but was a bully in his own right. Mm-hmm. So then this kid and me would kind of be at odds throughout the year. And that, for some reason that, that, it kept, that like stereotype kept popping up throughout the time I was growing up that there would be someone that saw me that for whatever reason said, no, nah, I don't like this kid and I don't like, his, uh, I don't like to cut his guy's jib. You went on field trips that allowed you to see different aspects of these kids that you may or may not even have wanted to see at all during a normal class day. Well, you learn a lot about people when, you, when you're when you out of the normal comfort zone that you know those people in. Sure. If you see someone that you know from work or family mm-hmm. and you're not doing you know what you've always done, either worked with them or you're still just having family dinners with people and then all of a sudden you guys are going on vacation together. This is true, yeah. You learn each other's toilet habits, which is... A big thing, too. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. That is a very good point. But you immediately <laughs> find out how chill people really are. Yeah. Well, I must admit that uh, field trips did not come all the time when I was in at least elementary school. I'm trying to think of ones that really made the biggest impression. And it's too easy of a way out to explain that the Ashokan campsite field trip which was heavily recorded and documented over the Danziger Zone period in 1994, is really the one that's most memorable for a lot of reasons. I got my clothes taken from me at one point. <laughs> Classic yeah, hijinks. That, that was covered on an earlier episode in another iteration of Lost and Rewound. But there was one clip that I didn't play when we talked about it the first time around. And I'm sharing it with you because it's a long, very rough clip. <laughs> And it's rough because it's basically me getting my recorder in the faces of every single fellow student I could find in the classroom and on the bus on the way to Ashokan campsite. I feel like the name Ashokan makes me feel like you were training to be a ninja. Ashokan! I was at the Ashokan Training Institute and we trained. Well, I don't know why all of a sudden you're... You're Irish, but <laughs> I was a, it was a bit of the Irish ninjas. I and St. Patty's oh, Day. Yo, you gotta be careful of those ninja <laughs> leprechauns, man. Oi, at the end of that pot of gold, there'll be a ninja stars. <laughs> I'm thinking of like sprites from games like Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Holler at my SNES obscurities. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fans of those, at least. Yes. So We need to get back to that. We do need to get back to that, but more importantly, we need to address this. Let's talk to all the people that are going to Ashokan. Ben, how do you feel about going to Ashokan? Uh, it's cool. All right, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Ian, how do you feel about going to Ashokan? Oh, I just love it. It's going to be away from school. What are you guys talking about? Huh? What are you guys talking about? Oh, how do you feel about going to Ashokan? It's going to be totally cool. Bye. How do you feel about going to Ashokan? Leave me alone! How do you feel about... <laughs> Okay, all right. Scott, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Um, I want to go, and I think it's going to be fun. Lots of people like to go to show camp. They do, they do, they do. Hi, I am. No, maybe I shouldn't say this. Okay. That was pretty cool. All right. We are going to show camp. Yes, it was just... 
Okay, that was... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> um, bye. Mia, how do you feel about going to a show? She doesn't want to answer. All right, that was... Hey. All right, uh... We gotta get Josh. It's pretty... It's pretty obvious that Josh would have to come to suck it up him. Ah! Ben, again, how do you feel about going to a show again? I don't care! Oh, he already said that right. So he's like, I say it again, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let me see here. Uh, ah, don't take my hat. All right. Oh, uh, bye. Carl, how do you feel about going to a show again? It's like pretty cool. Oh, that was a good answer. Hey, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Uh, good, I guess. Yeah, that's a good answer. Casey, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Hey, Heidi. He has no idea. Kyle, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Go away. Let me just double check. Okay. This is Elon. And all those interviews are going to be a show camp are anonymous. How people feel, that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I got a book. Yeah, I think I got Yeah, I got a book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Alright, uh. Uh, that's pretty cool. Okay, bye. Jerry, how do you feel about going to a show camp? He doesn't care. He got a dirt bike. Yeah, really. I don't care about it. Okay. Bye. So, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Alon, I think you're dumb to be asking me that question. Okay? Okay. Oh, this is Elon, and now we're going to do the last one. Josh, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Feel lonely, man. <laughs> All right. All right, Gina, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Wow. That? That's a good answer. Uh, Brianna, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Huh? How do you feel about going to a show camp? I don't care. Nobody really cares. Dorothy, how do you feel about Josh going to a show camp? Excited. Oh, yes, excited. All right, bye. Ellie, how do you feel like going to a show camp? <laughs> no answer. All right, I'm going to ask her again. Ellie, how do you feel about going to a show camp? Still no answer. Amanda, how do you feel? Amanda. Amanda. Amanda, how do you feel like going to a show camp? Uh, 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 very personal about it. Something else. I'm gonna be a fire truck there, and I'm gonna do all the things like like hang out with my friends and go canoeing and everything like that. It's gonna be really, 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 to actually get in touch with my intimated feeling by going somewhere that I've never been before. When I learned that! Oh, bye. You haven't changed a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm telling you, even just your sensibility in your interviewing, because you were giving your feedback. At that point, you know, when you have no filter and you just every, you speak everything that's on your mind. And your feedback was always when people were giving you nice, succinct just nice, clean-cut answers. You were like, all right, yeah. And I, and I when, approve of that. Yeah, when people were, were blowing you off, you were like, wow, oh, I, well, I don't know why they're blowing me off. <laughs> when they were like, <laughs> I'm like, okay then. <laughs> but you still were giving them respect to a degree, and it was, it's funny to see the progression.
All I can say is that it's really remarkable that I had the chutzpah to perform and conduct these interviews in such a rapid-fire succession. And gosh, you know, it really just painfully shows the desire to be accepted. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. There was times when I was growing up where I wanted to be on everyone's side. Who wants to be ostracized? I still feel like I'm striving for that. I know that I can't. Obviously, my parents entertained me having this tape recorder not to just be talking to myself and alienating myself, but including other people. And so I figure, oh, I'm going on this field trip and I'm allowed to bring my tape recorder. I might as well just get everybody involved, right? <laughs> Let's interview everybody and annoy the fuck out of them. Yeah, they, they weren't too happy with you. Nope. <laughs> but at the same time, it's an admirable quality to want to do that, to want to bring people together and include everyone despite whether or not you like those people or not or anything like that mm -hmm. you know and at the same time you can say that wanting people to like you is a personal selfish reason but if you're not going about it in a bad way or doing anything that's stepping on anyone's toes i mean you know you were taking a moment of their time you weren't making fun of people you weren't coming around and doing anything to offend anybody you were asking them an honest question yeah, yeah. about something that you were honestly interested in. Forget about it, man. For, well, no. Well, I, I can't forget about it. It's impossible. I'm it's because you're you. That's why. I'm, I remember everything, and I recorded it all. It's all for posterity purposes. It's posterity purposes. Posterity purposes. I want to make a note about a few things that were rather amusing about that clip. Ryan Wenger was saying, hey, I heard that Nate taped over your, oh, yeah. And what that's in reference to is when Brooks and I met Macho man randy savage r.i.p to the god we met him at the anaconda sports on route 9w in kingston nate did not record over it so that clip did not get recorded over it remains so i'm not sure where that <laughs> i'm not sure where that rumor started but it's funny that he brought that up because i remember i was really trying very hard to keep the on the dl my love of WWF at the time, WWE now, wrestling, because I watched that shit on the weekly. Yeah, there was a time when that stuff was very, very popular, but there was always people who didn't respect it because what it is. Oh, dude, I kept that. I kept it so under the table. When Brooks comes in for an interview, and he will, for sure, hopefully, luckily, before the season wraps, as documented before on this show, we were very much peas in a pot in that we were big wrestling fans. We even went to Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. We'd have an opportunity to go see a pay-per-view event but i kept on the deal so when this kid was like i heard that your macho man thing got recorded over i'm like first of all how did you know about that and two <laughs> someone's actually listening for dancing on stuff that had never happened before oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah Can the other thing i wanted to make note was if anybody here is and probably not heard our first episode very 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 first episode when we were but babes of Lost and Rewound. They've all heard it. Our flagship clip that we began this whole journey on was when Brooks and I were interviewing people about what they wanted to be when they grew up. And Amanda Montana is the one in there who's saying to the tape... Fire truck. That she... It's a fire truck. And Fire truck. This is, the re this is a recurring theme. This is a recurring theme. If you haven't heard this episode, you'll be able to hear it in which everybody at 11 years old is saying what they want to be when they grow up. When I grow up... I want to be more or less Optimus Prime. Yeah. Let's be real about that it. That actually... I was just thinking about that. We did not We did not bring this up before. We did not. I just Yo, thought about that. It's they, true. They, someone said that they wanted to be a fire truck. And a police car. And a police car. And I, I remember I had a... 
was it Transformers or I, GoBots or something? I don't know who was the police car. There was one that was a police car. Definitely the fire truck is Optimus. Okay. There has to be a, the, I mean, I don't okay. remember the other names of the other. I'm almost certain that if it wasn't Transformers, it had to have been or the Go poor Bots, man's yeah. Transformers. Yeah. GoBots, yes. <laughs> I'm trying. Ex- what? <laughs> you know, Who's the, that? That's the sound that they make when they're turning in, when they're transforming. Oh. The Transformers goes, Bravo. I mean, that, that's, I, a, that's a good rendering. I don't know. It sounded, <laughs> to me, it sounded like an awful, sick baby dinosaur. One response that was really good in there was, I don't care. I've got a dirt bike. Yeah. The thing that's so, that really brings me back about that is that will really make me have weird deja vu to kids just saying totally inane stuff. And you being like, I don't care that I'm going on a field trip. I got a fucking dirt bike. So suck it. <laughs> like, I was just, one thing I've been looking at recently, um, because I feel, you know, when I'm walking down the street, you know, I'm studying the human condition. One thing I started noticing recently was how many times I saw little kids, like four or five years old, they just can't sit still and look forward. Like, they're just, like, hanging all over the place. Like, like their their limbs are flailing, and they're jumping around, and they're slapping their hands on stuff, and they're touching stuff. And, you know, there are ways to get them to be still, and that's basically by coercing them into being still by telling them that you're watching them. And by 11, giving, and, though? No, I'm saying young, yeah, like young, younger. Young, young. Yeah. I'm saying young. I'm, but I'm just talking about children in general. That's probably the test of age. When you're, when you're 85, you can probably sit still a lot longer than when you're 35 because you, you don't even want to move. Mm, yeah, I can barely sit still still as a 35 uh, That's what I'm saying. There's a thing inherent in school trips of you don't have to sit still, and the kids are immediately in active mode, yeah. and it's exciting. Every time I went on a trip, it was exciting, man. Yeah. The only kids in my class that I took the bus with were those of whom were actually a part of the Danziger Zone. That's three kids. So I'm on a school bus for the first time with my entire class. And I think it was that of which was probably the most exciting to me. It was you the kn- fact- Now you know everyone on the bus. Yeah, now we see how everybody, like, who likes to sit in the front? Who likes to sit in the back? Um, do people like going, sitting in, out? I think these things are trivial. Agreed. Tri- no, totally agreed. Because you and your class were tight, man. Even if... I don't no, know no, 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 no. Tight. You guys knew each other. Yes. That's all We were that, smaller than yours, probably. That's all it takes. Even in New York, I tell people, when you had your class... As much as these people were not people you got along with versus other classes, they were still on your side. It's the same way that you'll meet someone that's American and you go, I'm not friends with every person that's American. But if you meet someone that's American and you guys are like in South Africa, you're like, yo, what up, man? Because you guys are from the same class. Mm-hmm. And that's and you'll, you'll, you'll grow closer because of that. We did go on a field trip as well to New York City. You weren't around for that, but... That was an amazing memory that Gina Truy luckily sped me up on, which was that sometime in sixth grade, we had like a sister school that we like, not exchange per se, but just like a school that we visited and then they visited us and they were like pen pals. So we were assigned a random pen pal that we would connect with when we actually did see them in person. And I want to say that we went to Inwood. I think the school was all the way up in Midwood. It was an MS whatever all the way up towards the park, very high up in Manhattan at least. And all I can remember about that experience was was that I felt really kind of out of place being in the city because it wasn't like we were even in the city. It felt like we were in another world with the same kids. And I can only imagine how kids from the city felt coming up to Woodstock, New York. 
of this tiny little bubble within another bubble. But they probably felt like they were going into a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I used to feel when I go to the suburbs when I was a kid. I'd mm. be like, oh man, these are those little towns where people get murdered. It's the same way that people go to the city when they're from little towns and they go, oh my God, I'm in the city. It's where people get shot on the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, going to this campsite, hey, I mean, that could have been creepy too. It could have been something like Jason Voorhees shit uh, that someone could have played a prank. But no, that didn't happen. <laughs> The only prank stealing that, underwear, right? Exactly. The only prank was stealing all my clothes while I was in the shower singing the Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Oh, so you had to you had to walk out butt naked, or you had a towel? I didn't feel comfortable showering around other boys, so I waited until everybody else showered and was all ready, and then I started showering. And then one of the boys took my clothes. There was a group of them, and they threw my clothes on the bed basically to uh, make sure that I would not be able to get to it with ease. I had to stand in the shower butt naked, basically being like I don't know what to do i'm freaking out and then miss sober came in and she was not my teacher but she was one of the teachers on the, that was there on the trip who was one of the chaperones and she said well i'll i'll get out of the, the bunk and you will be fine i'll make sure that no one comes in just please you know get your clothes on and come to the cafeteria and then i came to the cafeteria and then all of a sudden i'm standing there with my clothes on facing my entire class and they're all laughing at me like i'm still naked that's very strange. It Th- felt that... like one of those really like classic yeah. moments where you just don't imagine something like that to actually happen yeah. in real life, but it happens in the movies. And maybe I'm over-sensationalizing it, but I'm almost certain no, that I was I... given a very universal look from the entire room. And they discussed some, some kid blew it up when they got back. And nothing, sure. That means that nothing was happening on the trip. That's yeah. why. Come on, Everyone's guys. I the... interviewed you out of sheer love, <laughs> people not just, to annoy you. People, no, people just wanted some drama. There's always a need yeah, for drama. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't necessarily know that you were targeted because of the interview. <laughs> oh, this, this is that kid that was interviewing us on the bus. Let's yeah. move his undies. This will teach him to be so annoying with his tape recorder. Yeah, put, uh, them, put, them, put them shits across the room. Something like that. <laughs> it would have been better if the story was like you running butt naked through a field at top speed and you tried to move so quickly that your, <laughs> that your bits and pieces was a blur. <laughs> People only saw you and then they just called you the white streak. I, I'm, I think I'm all about these nicknames. We're going, I was going back to that. If I had any sense of self-deprecating humor, I should have definitely... At that time, when the bus ride was going back to the school for us to be picked up by our parents, I should have asked everybody on the bus, so what did you think about me getting my clothes taken? Hey, did you get a good eyeful? Did you get a good what, what are you, a perv? <laughs> Why do you think that's so funny? Yeah. Don't you have, a, don't you have emotions? <laughs> we don't have emotions. We are 12. No, maybe. They have too many emotions. Emotion ocean. Emotion ocean. Well, let's uh, take a little break, and uh, when we come back, I will have an interview with a fellow from across the ocean. It will be a one-on-one interview with Edward Joe Steele. This is Lost and Rewound, Radio Free Brooklyn. computer and vanity searching mentions of lost and rewound 
I'm inherently curious as to how much of an audience we get, and before season three of both Radio Free Brooklyn and Lost in Rewound respectively began, I definitely found a little mentioning outside of our own incessant plugging away in various corners of the web. Simply put, it's really just us. One corner, however, was not one of our own making. Somewhere out in the UK, at the University of Huddersfield, an actor and writer and filmmaker by the name of Edward Joe Steele created a play he called Lost and Rewound. We welcome Edward to the show via Skype to explain. Hello, Edward. Hi there. This Thank is... you for having me on. Oh, please. This is a, a, a delight and a half. As I led up with the intro, I have been paying attention to you through the interwebs and noticing yeah. that you, along with myself, have some product called Lost and Rewound. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, it's absolutely crazy. This is what I think they call in fighting games a mirror match, but no animosity. Yeah. It's just simply put, who would have ever thought this would ever have occurred? Yes, because it could have so easily been called something else, my show. Uh, yes. And it's just just on the, the spur. I had this name in my head, and I thought, yes, that's the one. And there was a load of other names beforehand we could have picked, but this was the, the one we chose. We thought, yes, this is the one. Let's go with it. And what are the chances? You wrote this when exactly? Well, I graduated university in 2012. And, you know, like anything in acting, I just had no idea what to do. You know, there was no acting jobs about. So I just wrote something. I just wanted to be creative. I wanted to keep writing. And so I wrote this piece called <laughs> The Bad Guys, uh, which was about social media. And to be honest, it didn't go anywhere. And somehow I recycled bits of that script and turned it into what is now Lost and Rewound, which was the first show we ever put on. So so who's we? Uh, we is a, you have a collective called We Are Bear Story, but it's you and one other mate. And, uh... Yeah, so uh, there's me, Steve, Haley, and Phil, and we were all on the same drama course, and we just, we just wanted to put something on. So, you know, they were the people originally in Bear Story. At the moment, it's just me and Steve, just because of how work is and and how far away we are from each other. But I just wanted to keep creative, you know, and and Lost and Rewound was the start of that. Yeah, where are you based out of then? Where's Huddersfield? I feel like I should know this because I'm more, <laughs> getting more anglophilic as I get older, I guess. Yeah. But um, tell me, uh, where is Huddersfield and where are you based? Uh, Huddersfield is West Yorkshire, which is the north of England. But I'm just based in South Yorkshire. It's not that far on a map, but it's about an hour with transport and stuff. So yeah. we, we have to put a lot of effort into <laughs> rehearsing stuff because we are just quite far away. Really. Where, where's Steve? Uh, Steve's, Steve's in Huddersfield at the moment. He's probably working in Till somewhere. Uh, <laughs> he's got a management job in a shopping centre and he, he has to... Uh, I don't know, it's, it's that really tough line between uh, acting and you know making some money at oh, the moment. Oh, sure. But yeah, working with Steve and... Haley and Phil is fantastic. You know, we've all we all just wanted to create. You know, we'd spent three months on Lost and Rewound, and we put it on, and we made four pounds each. Um, well, <laughs> that's how much we made. Yeah, and, we did, and, and you know what? That was fantastic. That was a great feeling. That's what we'd written. I, I, I don't know. I, You've made just... more money on your Lost and Rewound than I've made on mine, my friend. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Your collective is called Bear Story. Yes. Why yes. bear story? What 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 was I, significant about that? I, you know what? I'm trying to think about it now, and I've no idea. But the the thing <laughs> is that I've I called it bear story. I stuck with it. I, I must have loved it at the time. I'm I'm questioning it a little bit now because it's a little bit confusing. But everybody remembers it. 
everyone remembers what it's called. So I must have done something right. So <laughs> like, oh, you still doing? You still doing bear story? Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing bear story. It just yeah. rolls off the tongue really well. I've, yeah, it was just some weird thing that I came up with. When Lost and Rewound was created, did you like uh, pitch it originally, or did you, you said you just wrote it and then it went from there, or were you workshopping it uh, under the bad guys and then seeing what worked best from yeah, from we, there? We did a lot of workshopping with the bad guys, and we we did a lot of I don't know spying on Facebook and stuff, you know, just seeing what people were doing on Facebook and how people wanted to present themselves. Yeah, and that's kind of like how um, the bad guys was. It was kind of like. How do people portray themselves, and how are they are how are they in real life? And that was the idea behind that. And somehow that <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Uh, I think we just took little bits of the script and re remodeled it into what is now uh, lost and rewound. So I don't think you've actually explained what the show is about. Would you be able to yes. kind of g- give a, a quick summary or an extensive summary of what this show entails? Yes, uh, Lost and Rewound was about two debt collectors who had to clear out this old basement. And when they were clearing through the basement trying to find stuff to sell, they came across these old dating tapes from the 80s. And they, they're all VHS and stuff, and they put them in. And it's just these people on these tapes who are trying to find love, like, hey, pick me, you know, I'm fantastic, you know, yeah. that, type, you know that type of thing. And I just found it really interesting that, you know, all these things were stuck on tape and probably forgotten about for 20 you know years i just thought that was a really interesting idea it actually spawned from a video i watched on youtube where it was just a a collection of all these dating montages you know together and stuff it was genuine you know these people were just trying to find love and they, they use this video service and i just thought that's that's gonna i really like that idea every time i think about the, those videos all i can think of is the love connection which was yeah. I don't I mean I'm, I assume that the UK may have had something similar to this, but in the states we had Love Connection. Chuck Woolery I think was the host of it, and it was just a totally sticky '80s show where you had a girl or a guy on the show, and then the host would introduce all these different self-taped videos of love interests who would talk about yeah. what they were all about. You can find these on YouTube, so I'm pretty sure. But it's it's ex- yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about. It's yeah. completely, totally cheesy when, when you it think was, about it. Yeah. But this was pre-internet dating. It was kind of yeah. like a way to like meet people before meeting them in a way yeah. to entertain the masses. Yeah. When you're having an opportunity to present something of which you're not supposed to be an expert. You're learning about this. You're a creative person. And oh, yeah. considering the subject matter, when you're somebody who is that interested in the way that connections occur, perhaps it's based on something that, you know, spurred you to be that way. Yeah. That in your earlier years that got you to that place in your head where you were interested in the way that we connect. Did you have something like that that occurred when you were a kid? Yeah. And I think that goes back to the, the bad guy scripts as well, where, where yeah. we're looking at the modern day versions of that, where we are presenting ourselves in such a bizarre way. You know, we don't live lives where everything happy happens all the time. We, we filter that bit out, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when we came to recording the videos for Lost and Rewound, we just wanted these people, uh, they were like the unedited versions of it. So it included like all the bits, like the flaws and everything. It was like the master copies of these tapes and stuff. Yeah, And I wanted to get that in as well. I think it is fascinating how we present ourselves in modern day. How are you normally presenting the Bear Story work? 
Yeah, well, originally, you know, with Lost and Rewound and the show afterwards, we did this show called Flying on Paper Planes, and we put like three months, you know, three or four months into making this one show and then present it in a theatre, and then that was it. You know, we just hoped for the best type of thing. You know, we didn't really know how this stuff was going to go down. And, you know, I've not put anything on for two years, and actually, we got a, a new show. But in between that time, we've just been making short little sketches and and short videos and we've been putting them online and it's 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 quite satisfying to know you can get an instant response from it from yeah, people absolutely and, uh, and as well just for yourself as well because you know if i'm watching something uh a day later i might think wow that that really worked and then i can also think wow why why did i make that it's good to see that back are you a profuse self-editor like myself uh yeah yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> like, um, like like going crazy over the little details yeah yeah re- like even just small vain things like you know why is my fringe doing that and then what why did i do it like why did i say it like that it's quite bad really because when it comes to editing someone else i'm like yeah that's fine that's totally fine that totally worked and then when i'm when i'm looking at myself i'm thinking whoa, whoa, whoa what, what, what have i done here were you more of an extroverted or an introverted kid i was quite shy but then I don't know. I went to dance classes and stuff. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Was it uh, the case where you got into acting because you wanted to, or you saw somebody that you liked, or that your friends were doing it, and you got into it? Uh, how did Edward Joe Steele become an actor? I originally, when when you know anything actor related, uh, you know anything performance related came up at school, I wanted to have the smallest part. I wanted to be in it. <laughs> But I wanted to have, you didn't you know, want to, You wanted to be on the sidelines. You didn't want the big part. Yeah, like, I, you know, I want to be on stage and everything. But you know, give me the innkeeper line in the nativity. You know, that's, <laughs> you, know just, you know, I want to be in it. But uh, just give me a few lines, and then I can. And then and then I just over prepare them few lines and then mess it up. So I thought, well, why have I done that? I don't know. I love performance. I, I think anyone in the acting game loves it nobody's in it for the money really because there is no money yeah no for (laughs) sure it's all all love i think when i was at college it was between it and performance and i loved them both but um i failed it so i just thought well that's fake telling me oh goodness (laughs) i should go into performance you were able to still use your proficient technical skills to be the person behind the camera and behind the framework of the website and the web presence and still be able to show who you are on the performance tip yeah yeah it's good that i've got them skills as well I think we should take this time actually right now to listen a little bit to a clip from Lost and Rewound, not to be confused with our show, but the actual play that you created yourself, right? I mean, you, this is all your writing. Yes. This piece of uh, audio here was, uh, we, we actually got a friend in to do this bit. We got three main actors and the guy here, Daniel, the nicest guy, actually at the time he was a musician. And now he's gone into acting. I don't know what the change was, but he's he's now in London. Well, let's take a listen to this clip. And this is an exclusive, exclusive. What's your name? Jack. To the camera. Oh, um, Jack. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Jack. Well, I, I studied European law. Oh, we have a smart one here. Oh, I guess you could say that. Someone is going to get a real brain box then. 
What do you think you can bring to a relationship? <sighs> Relationships. Um, sorry, I'm struggling a bit. I must be nervous. Oh, we could start again if you like. I wish I could. You can. No, not 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 this. Sorry. Sorry, nothing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> How old are you, Jack? I'm twenty. Only young still. I suppose. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Do I? What do you like the most about yourself? About myself? Yes, tell me about the qualities you have that the ladies out there might be looking for. Um, I... To the camera. I'm sensitive. Probably too sensitive. Yeah, I'm too sensitive. It's not a good thing. I'm sure some of our ladies would like a sensitive man. Not me. Let's try again. Um, your positive qualities. I'm a nice... I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice, loving, caring guy. <laughs> good. I had the perfect girl once, you know. Lucy. Right. Um, I Beautiful do think... Beautiful brown hair. Gorgeous green eyes. Is that what you look for in a woman? The woman? She was the woman, not just a woman. Do you want me to stop recording? No, she, I'm here. It's what she would have wanted. Who? Lucy. She would have wanted me to be happy. If not with her, with someone else. She can't be here anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. How long ago did she pass away? She didn't die. She dumped me. Oh. Our relationship. That died. Right. Dead and buried. Lost. Deep underground. Gone. A mere ghost of a memory. I'm a cloud, wandering the sky. Alone. Oh, what do you, um... I'm a ship. On the sea, my heart sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, are you? I can feel her with me. It's like her ghost, her aura is with me still. I feel a gentle, warm breeze. Oh, I can shut the window for you if you like. She's speaking to me. She's telling me, she's telling me she's irreplaceable. I'm sorry, I've been a complete idiot. There's nothing you can do to help me. Jesus fucking Christ. That is some really compelling stuff right there. It's turning the whole notion of speed dating or like dating in one on 101 and then like putting a real dark spin on it. Yeah, yeah, we 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 wanted this guy to be seriously hung up over his uh his uh past relationship. I I you know, I really like writing that character. It was a real really interesting for me. So um, when you write stuff like this, you're not going from coming from personal experience or are you just trying to put yourself into the head of somebody who has a clear issue with relationships. You you know, you, you draw from little life experiences, yeah. don't you? It's not so much on 
one person you're trying to replicate. It's it's very different experiences and stuff. I get that. I mean, as a writer in not, not past life, but as a sort of a, a struggling to identify writer, uh, I went to school for writing for full disclosure, but my writing kind of evolved from poetry and whatnot into more like creative nonfiction. And honestly, I've always felt more comfortable writing from a nonfiction confessional perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Though I really did want to take screenwriting and I couldn't because the school was dickish and was like, nope, you have to be enrolled in the communication school in order to take that. Really? Yeah, it was was kind of bugged. But at any rate, if I had taken a fiction class, and I didn't, I would never took a fiction class at all uh, the entire time, I really feel like I could have opened up my horizons about the possibilities of transporting myself into an otherwise real situation with different people and different names and different worlds and different characters, but taking the thesis and putting it into something that is relatable. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, what you created. And sometimes I uh, feel like we're trying to be as confessional here on Lost and Rewound as much as possible. It's not supposed to be a funny show. It's not supposed to be a serious show. It's just supposed to be an honest show. So um, in that event, I feel like uh, both Lost and Rewounds sort of have that in common. I'm curious as to what Joe Steele was like, uh, Edward Joe Steele. I said Joe Steele because in the video that I'm teasing, you introduce yourself as Joe Steele. Why Edward? Why Joe? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. No, my name is Joe Steele, but uh, when I wanted to secure the actor name, already somebody called Joe Steele. So I used my middle name, uh, Edward. And uh, I I don't know, I just kept the Joe Steele. Look, you just flipped it and reversed it. Seems like you got some stuff on IMDb coming up. Yes, that was completely out of the blue, that. Actually, there's a filmmaker who contacted me over Instagram, of all things, and he said, I'm filming something. One of the actors has had to drop out. Uh, do you fancy helping me out? And, <laughs> you know, I looked, I, I looked at his stuff, and uh, it was really, really interesting, uh, really great, well-shot stuff. And I was like, yeah, wh- where are you? And he said, London. And London's on the other side of the country. It's like, you know, it's like a three- or four-hour commute really uh, to london and it was like the next day uh so i it was one of them moments where i just went why not just go for it yep and and it ended up being a great shoot i really enjoyed it it's only one day yes uh, we, we got it all it was only a small part but this guy he's an incredible honestly check out the surrogate of infidelity when it comes out he's so passionate about his work and it's all self-funded like he's just poured everything he's got into this project and it's going to be fantastic i'm really proud to be a part of it and i was only a small cog in it really but i was so happy to help him out i got on this bus at 2 a.m <laughs> um to get down to london because yeah. it was the cheapest way i could do it we, i got into london for about 8 a.m i stumbled into east ham which is I couldn't even tell you whereabouts in London it is. I just follow the tube maps and then hope for the best. London is freaking sprawling, dude. I, I, yeah. I went there for the first time, and I don't even know where I was, to be perfectly clear. I feel like I'm still learning about London. I'm, I'm such a tourist, and I've been there so many times. I know, you know, I know the Tower of London. I know Big Ben, and then that's about it. I just, <laughs> I just get on the tube and hope for the best. So you got in real smack dab early in the morning, and you went in for a full yeah. day of shoots. And- yeah, I got there for about, I got to the set about 10, which was this garage. It was this, like, proper East London, like, garage. And he was, you know, he was a proper hard man and stuff, this guy who owned it. And he had all these stories about all these celebrities that used to come in with their old cars and stuff and all these dodgy people that used to <laughs> come to his garage. He showed me into the back of his garage, and he had this 100-year-old car. 
it was crazy. Like I'd never, it was like, it didn't have a proper steering wheel. It had, it had like this like crank thing you had to turn sideways. It was, it was incredible. But the, the director, when he turned up, he said, how's it been this morning? Have you traveled far? I went, yeah, Yorkshire. He went, Yorkshire? I thought you were from London. I'm like, no, <laughs> I got on the bus at 2 a.m. Yeah. this morning. I've come down. That's pretty remarkable. I, yeah, I mean, for what it may be worth, where I'm from in upstate New York is about two hours north of New York City. And it's not that far. And it's not that far-fetched either when you look yeah. at the grand scheme of actors who are living upstate and they do stuff upstate and if they have to come to the city it's a very uh, simple process of just coming down either by the bus or by the train i mean no matter what if you're living upstate you're kind of screwed and you don't have a car to get yourself yeah. around even to the nearest transit station but that said people do it and they do and they will continue to do it it's uh, a grind where uh, you uh, in your position are probably only uh, one of many who travel from way, way, way out of London. And if they have to, they will yeah. come out and do it. Of course, yeah. This was before I had a car as well. So I got this uh, mega bus, uh, which is the, the cheapest uh, bus you can find. Like, is it the cheapest not... bus out there? Mega bus? Yeah, the mega buses, yeah. Yeah. Because the... like it's, it's either a £130 train or you know £8 on the mega bus. <laughs> but it just takes a, a, like three times as long, really. So a long time ago, you know, Galaxy, not so far away, but pretty close to home. You grew up in Yorkshire, and you entertained acting, and you were making these videos of yourself in the bathroom of your apartment, um, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> what was a younger Joe Steele like back then in terms of what he wanted to do, and how was he trying to get his face out there? I was... I don't want to say bored, but I, I wanted to make people laugh, you know, and I wanted to fill my time with something what I felt at the time was quite constructive. I wanted to entertain people. And so, you know, this this beautiful medium of YouTube was just there. I could post it to Facebook and, you know, the response, it was instant. And this video I've sent you was possibly the, the first big one, really. And it's about as low budget as it gets. Really, <laughs> <I think. laughs> well, it's better than anything I could do. I, I don't know how you got some of the effects in here, but it was great. Yeah, this video is is proper cringeworthy for me, but it, it's a good memory. It's a good, it's a, a naive time, I think, where I thought that, you know, the second I finish university, that's it. That's my life sorted. But, you know, I think I figured out probably about second year in university that I had to do it all myself. I had to yeah. keep, you know, writing stuff. Absolutely. And, and these experiences where I'm making videos, these silly little videos were actually good because I was learning about editing and, you know, what to clip out, what to keep in and what worked and what didn't. And in, in a very silly way, I was learning what worked, what was funny. Obviously, this isn't funny in the slot, you know, just silliness. I, I was just learning and I'm glad I did it. These silly little videos actually mean something. And I've, I've looked back over... And, you know, I've put most of them on private now for very good reason because <laughs> they are cringe-inducing. But I look over them sometimes and they just... I don't know, I like documenting my life. I like looking back on things and thinking, oh, that, that's what we did or that's how we passed the time. I don't, I don't know, I'm quite reminiscent like that. I, I like looking at photos. I like watching videos and I'm glad I've made these silly videos despite how uh, cringe-worthy they are. I'm glad I've, did, I've done them. You've come to the right place in that regard. I mean, the whole <laughs> motto of our show is get embarrassed with us. When was the video yeah. uh, made? I was 18. It was 2009. I didn't even get into university at this point. This was just before I got my results back. So as far as anything was concerned, I was looking forward to the summer. You know, I was worried about the results, but I didn't really have much of a care in the world, really. 
Well, let's take a listen to the careless <laughs> Joe Steele. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, Joe again, or Giuseppe, or whatever. Basically, I'm in a bit of a problem at the moment. I owe a guy some money. So, here I am um, in my bathroom, and I'm going to see if I can sell you some stuff to make up the uh, debt I owe him. I owe the guy at least 25p. I, mean, I thought it was my friend. Turns out to be a loan shark. Loan shark. So yeah, he's a right quack. He's a right quack. That's that's all I'm saying. He's a right quack. It's a brand new. Well, it's used. Empty bottle of Head and Shoulders. Yours today. Of <laughs> give me nothing. Shaving foam. Shaving foam, maybe? Yeah, yeah, some shaving foam. Shaving foam, maybe? Does that interest you? Does that interest you? Do you love me now? Quick, quick. Quick, the tape's ending. I'm gonna have to get a towel quick. I'm gonna have to finish off this video. No, I'm sorry, mate! I don't have your money! I don't have your money, mate! What? Stop the that! Duck. You duck, you. <laughs> Help me, I'm an 18 year old boy and I'm playing with a duck. I owe him money like, but you know, I need help. Hope you can uh, get back to me, send me a YouTube comment to tell me how much of a spoon I am. <laughs> what am I doing? You know, it is a video, but the audio there is so precious that it really makes uh, for a, a fantastically entertaining listen. If you could see my face now, I'm hiding in my shirt. No. It's just, <laughs> it's just silly. Oh, the, yeah. the video, for what it may be worth, uh, is only so crucial to see because of the fashion choices you had. And I, I, I ain't hating, man. I ain't hating. You had a very fantastic haircut that was uh, very... That was my space. That was my space all over. That That was when my space was cool. <laughs> I was king of my space. Yeah. Was... You and everybody else, right? King of MySpace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2009, I guess it was pretty much still kicking back then. And then you had a pink t-shirt? It was it was a t-shirt with, with a robot on it. I paid four pounds for it, and I loved that t-shirt. It was fantastic. And I just, I wore it every day in summer, and I ended up being sick of it. But I definitely got my four pounds out of it. So I was quite impressed with it. You, you spent four pounds on a shirt, and then you got four pounds back for producing Lost and Rewound. So consider it yeah, all full yes, circle. Well, the cycle of life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> You're killing it right now, as far as I can see. You've got representation. You're a working actor in England. And honestly, I, I'm not jealous, but I am kind of envious that you could continue doing what you love and by all means still having fun on the side. How can people see the movie that you have coming up? The Surrogate of Infidelity, you said it was called? Yes, I post all my updates and everything to Instagram, really. I love Instagram. I'm kind of obsessed. Uh, same way I was probably obsessed with MySpace, really. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I post pictures and updates and all acting stuff on that. So that's Edward Joe Steele on Instagram. You have the movie coming out later this year? Yes, hopefully it'll be around November. Awesome. How can people see that, though? I don't understand. Like, how does it work? If a film is UK-based, will it eventually be on Netflix or something? Or how does... Good I, I'm... question. Good question. I'm unsure myself, but uh, the director is incredibly hardworking. We'll find a way to get it out there. And uh, like I said, I'll post everything on uh, Instagram, really, to keep everything updated. 
And your website is wearebearstory.weebly.com? Yes, that's the one, yes. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just type in We Are Bear Story. That's where to find us. Great. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's fantastic. I, I really like what you do. It's really great. Edward Joe Steele here on Lost in Rwanda. Thank you. We'll be back in a little bit. see you on a corner running a shell game oh thank you thank you uh that interview can only be as good as the subject matter no and- i'm telling you it's, it's, this guy this guy right here you'll be the brains and i'll be the knife <laughs> and we'll, we'll make a good combo knife and brains <laughs> signing out for this edition thanks again for being here you can check us out online we are on twitter we are on facebook hit us up on tumblr and then all the places, iTunes, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, we are all over the place, lost and rewound everywhere. Coming to you through your speaker box. On Radio Free Brooklyn. See you next week. Play it and then he plays it. Hey! And then he plays with it to himself. Uh, this is a lifesaver, so I won't talk too much. People think I talk too much. Yeah, right. Thank you.